it was so hard because if you sit down a person, and this is like a first date kind of a situation where you sit down a person and you're like, okay, bring forward your curiosity. All of the social programming comes forward of what we should be asking. We have our filters about the person, about what we think that they might want to be asked. And it's really hard to get in actual contact with what is my desire of what I actually want to know about this person right now, because we're making it very external and about the other person. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Welcome to episode 39 of The Art of We. We are excited to dive into the topic today, which for us, for me, it's a really important topic. I think it makes a relationship be ordinary or extraordinary based on this skill. And I do believe it's a skill. I believe everybody can learn how to do this. We're going to be talking about curiosity. And we're going to define what we mean by curiosity, because I'm sure a lot of you have your own definition of what curiosity is. So we want to make sure that we're talking about the same thing here. And I was just learning from Will that, Will, why don't you tell them the story of what my friend said before our first date of what she (laughs) said that you should do? She said, uh, Krista likes really good questions and you want to bring curiosity, bring your curiosity. (laughs) And I didn't really know what that meant until I started spending time with you and got to experience your relationship with curiosity, which is, I think, a really unusual kind of relationship. It's good to know that. Yeah, I feel like the the kind of curiosity that we're talking about today isn't just about bringing questions. It's really about getting into deep contact with what we're genuinely, authentically, and deeply curious about. And it requires a few things. It requires one that we're present enough to make contact with the other person, to make contact with the content that they're bringing you know, like deeply make contact with it, not just kind of surface and also be in enough connection with ourselves such that we can find what we're actually curious about. Back in the day when I first started getting into geeking out about relationship stuff, I was involved in facilitating authentic relating here in Boulder, Colorado. We would do circling, we would do these programs called the Authentic Man Program, where I was a female facilitator and we would help these guys learn what it means to be curious versus just bringing questions. And you're reminding me of this about the first date is like we're meeting these people for the first time and we're asking them to build the skill of bringing actual curiosity. And so it was a really hard challenge for most of these people to bring curiosity. And it's pretty, I think personally, maybe I'm just sensitive, but I think it's pretty apparent when there's a true curiosity versus a person who's trying to pull a question out of their back pocket in hopes that it lands or that the person feels like connected to in some form. 
Yeah, I think all of us can relate to the experience of having someone kind of pull the string out of their chest and, you know, repeat the series of questions that are like socially appropriate to ask versus something that's more bespoke or more um, uh, relevant, actually, to the present moment Mm -hmm. in relationship to their own curiosity, but also in relationship to what's actually happening in the space. Right. It feels different. Totally feels different. And it requires bringing also the skill of being present. So if you're present enough to attune to the things that you just said, curiosity can become a lot more accessible. But often so many things are usually running through our systems or our environment that it can be hard to be present. Yeah. And this, I think this, you know, from a neuroscience standpoint, I just want to say quickly that this reminds me of the conversation about automating our partners and doing a, let's say, weaker job or making less of an investment in them being known genuinely by us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. over time where we Mm -hmm. might get into habits like, and we've gotten into habits sometimes where at the end of the workday, we come back together and it's a series of questions that we've asked, you know, a hundred times before. Right. Versus, like you said, getting really present. Absolutely. Just to back up for what you just said, one of our vows is to see each other with fresh eyes every day. I didn't tell you this, but this morning when we had our coffee and we were sitting in the living room with our dogs, I was practicing that vow of seeing you with fresh eyes. And it's it does require that we don't get caught up in our thinking that we know who our partner is. Yeah, it's a beautiful practice to notice that tendency and just, you know, shift it out of the way, just even just a few degrees or a few inches and ask the question, like, who is this person right now? Who is this in front of me? Totally. You know, going back to the definition of curiosity too, I think about when we, our children or when we're kind of fresh out of the the uterus (laughs) (laughs) and we have some skill and relationship with, we're starting to build a relationship with the world and we're walking around with this awe of like pure delight in discovering things versus like a agenda behind our curiosity or a questioning or we're trying to get somewhere or we're trying to get information or we're trying to serve ourselves in some form through the question. There's, there's such a different lens that we, I think, look through all when we're kids versus when we're adults. And it's coming back to that practice in some way with this kind of curiosity that we're talking about. Absolutely. It's a kind of curiosity that requires a lot of intentionality, presence, and also a willingness to work the muscle out and to make it a practice. It's really a practice. Absolutely. So as I said before, I feel like this skill, curiosity, really takes relationship to a whole another level from ordinary to extraordinary. I want to talk a little bit about impact of curiosity when somebody's bringing curiosity. So I wanted to start out by asking you, and then I can share too, but I'm wondering if you can tell a difference when I'm asking you questions about your day versus bringing the kind of curiosity that we're talking about here. Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely it feels different. I mean, I can 
okay, so I was at the dentist today and the dentist comes in the room and she starts rattling off these questions. Any problems with your teeth, any changes in your blah, blah, any of this, any of that, any blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I can tell that she's got like a checklist of like eight questions in her head. And, you know, it's Friday afternoon. She wants to go have a cocktail when the day is done, whatever. And this is not a judgment of my dentist. I'm not saying that. I was like, okay, so the dentist isn't bringing the kind of curiosity to me that I would love to have from you, Krista, as my wife, as my partner. You know, I don't, I'm not expecting that from the dentist. But the, the point is that the impact when you get that kind of um, impersonal, you know, list of questions, especially when, you know, if your partner's had a hard day or your partner's distracted or your partner is, you know, not present with you, it just has a really different impact from... Mm-hmm this deeply present, caring level of curiosity that we're talking about that takes some generation, takes some energetic investment to to get to. So it's really about, I think, the human need to be known deeply yeah, and to not feel alone. Yeah, definitely. I can say that in my life, I feel like this kind of curiosity that we're talking about has been very healing on my journey. There's a certain kind of contact that I feel with another person, whether I'm bringing this kind of curiosity or they're bringing it to me that feels like it's the kind of contact that can move mountains. It's like you said, the kind of contact that can see things, that can bring new insights, that can bring the stories out so that they can be spoken so that they can actually move beyond the stories. Like I feel like in part, a lot of the biggest challenges in my life have been healed by many things, but real curiosity in a certain way has been such a driver of that. And I think that in partnership, when we're practicing that together and we actually have that as a skill and a tool, I think that we actually start to evolve together. It sounds kind of weird, but I think that we actually start to transform ourselves when we're bringing this kind of curiosity. Yeah. It feels like a, some kind of relational nutrition that is, I mean, my subjective opinion is that this is changing the, which genes are getting unraveled and transcribed. I think there are epigenetic changes that happen as a result of being seen and known this deeply yeah, that just aren't happening without that interpersonal mirror neuron, interpersonal neurobiology stimulus happening. Yeah, absolutely. And what have been some of your challenges in finding your own curiosity? You know, at times it can become a thing between us where it's something that I'm really wanting and maybe because I'm wanting it so deeply, it becomes like a have to create curiosity, which I'm sure is not easy or fun. But I, I think that building the muscle of knowing how to become curious is, is hard for a lot of people. So I'm curious for you personally, where does it become, or where does it become hard to bring curiosity? Well, in regards to what you said about us, I feel like the depth of the generosity that you bring in your listening and your curiosity to me just completely inspires me to give that back to you 
in attachment work and attachment theory that we mentioned Stan Tacken a lot here on the podcast, but this concept of fairness and reciprocity in relationship. And it's kind of like in team sports when the leader of the team is interviewed after the game is over, when that person gives credit to the team or shares in the joy of the success it's a really different thing from that person being interviewed, taking credit for all the success, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's a problem with teams that don't function in a fair way. And I think we see that in, in relationships and partnerships where I'm sure you could speak to this is like, if you're in a partnership or like if we're in a period where you're not feeling the same kind of curiosity from me mm-hmm. that you're giving to me, what does that do? Like, how does that feel to you? Mm-hmm. Right. There's like a imbalance and I f- start to become and feel less generous. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the generosity is a kind of a virtuous cycle that more generosity leads to more generosity. Absolutely. Well, let's take a quick break and we come back. We'll talk about a couple other things about curiosity, including how Will and I practice this and how it's really changing our relationship in ways that it brings more sacred moments and knowing of each other. We'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance, and now back to the episode. Welcome back. We're going to share what we've been learning about practices to deepen curiosity in our partnership. And one of the really interesting pieces for us is based on, again, the neuroscience of how do infants learn how to love. And in the 70s, there was a misconception in in pop psychology that you needed to learn how to love yourself before you could be ready to be in a relationship or, you know, to be qualified to have a special, extraordinary partnership. And that misconception led a lot of people down some interesting roads. But what we know now is that, and if you think about it, it's obvious that an infant needs to be loved needs to be known by the caregiver in order to know themselves. And they learn how to love by being loved, not by giving love first to themselves. An infant can't take care of themselves. And so, and that leads us into this conversation about parts and how we do it. Well, how is that, how is that directly related to curiosity? So it has to do with the receiving of curiosity seems to need to happen before giving curiosity. Right. I totally agree with that. 
you're not going to be able to give something that you haven't received yet. You don't have the gift available because you haven't received it yet. I can think of very poignant and specific moments in my life, on my journey, receiving the kind of presence and attention and curiosity that we're talking about that have been game changers. And those moments are like locked in my being and my system, which is amazing to me to have those special moments. I'm sure that I'm imagining that those of you who are listening can think back on your life in a time when you felt really known and seen and held and someone brought this kind of curiosity to you. But I think you're absolutely right. When we were training people on how to bring curiosity, it was a group of men that would join this program and a group of us women facilitators would come in and help them learn how to become curious. And I don't think that a lot of people get this kind of curiosity growing up. I think more and more they are starting to now as people were waking up to the things that we're talking about. But it was so hard because if you sit down a person, and this is like a first date kind of a situation where you sit down a person and you're like, okay, bring forward your curiosity. All of the social programming comes forward of what we should be asking. We have our filters about the person, about what we think that they might want to be asked. And it's really hard to get in actual contact with what is my desire of what I actually want to know about this person right now, because we're making it very external and about the other person. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's an act of trust or faith in your own curiosity to operate, you know, from internal referencing rather than imagining what the other person wants you to ask about. Totally. And these poor guys, I mean, they were amazing because they were so brave and courageous, but these they were just like, they couldn't find the questions. They couldn't find their desire. It took a lot of practice. And I, I still feel so grateful for the male facilitators who are there coaching them and helping them to find what's inside them because it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And hats off to them for having the courage to, you know, step into a workshop like that and get really authentic feedback from a group of women. And that takes takes big balls to do that. Totally. I'm so grateful for those, those men. Yeah, really good. So you and me, we continue to build our own practice of curiosity. And one thing that's come up recently with us is bringing curiosity to parts work. Now, if you've listened to us before, you know that we're into parts work. We're into internal family systems and Dick Schwartz. I'm continuing to learn about him and read and understand my parts. But there are parts of me who have gone deep down into the depths of despair that are coming more and more to light. And the only real way that I feel like these parts are willing to come out is if Will and me, you and me, sit down and practice this kind of curiosity, which means that we have to have the context that we're not trying to get anywhere. We don't have an agenda. And that the pure up to of the conversation is to know me a little bit more. And then inside of that, I might feel safe enough. This part of me might feel safe enough to come out and have a conversation with Will. Yeah, it's really profound to get to share that experience with you. So, so beautiful and so grateful for that and vice versa with my parts, you know. Yeah. And it's interesting because what's also come up between us is me discovering this radar that I have in my system. It might be outdated. It probably is. But that feels like it's 
knowing if the question is coming from a place of agenda, hidden agenda, or wanting to get something from me, or if it's coming from a place of just real open curiosity. Well, I don't think it's outdated. I don't want to discount that. Mm. I think it's, I mean, I guess one way to say it, it has a lot of value here for us and for me specifically to keep elevating my game there, you know. Mm-hmm. I like that part of you that is discerning about what kind of curiosity you're getting. <laughs> Thanks. It's like having a curiosity trainer in-house. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, reflecting on when I'm being curious with you or somebody else, but I'm just going to use you as an example. Usually the way my curiosity comes out, like the kind of curiosity we're talking about, is when you're sharing something with me and I'm really interested in getting into your shoes, into your seat as much as I possibly can. And so when you're sharing something with me, I'm envisioning myself in your skin, looking out into the world. And often from there, in my own deep wanting to understand of how you see things and how you navigate things, usually I can find a question that arises. It's like, well, how did you navigate when so-and-so said this to you? Did you feel like you were swimming underwater or did you feel like you were on top of your game or like what happened there? Like there's a, there's like a real curiosity of getting your world and understanding those moments. And I'm not saying that the way that I do curiosity is the way to do it, but it's a real following of an authentic curiosity as though I was in your shoes and wanting to understand more and deeper of what it's like to be in your experience. It's um, quite an impactful experience to have that from you. And I think that it's a way that I think ideally as a parent, and I can say as a parent that the moments where I've been able to muster that depth of setting aside my own perspective and imagining what it's like to look out of my daughter's eyes and see the world are not that common in my estimation. I don't know what she would say, but the point is that I think it's um, it's an incredibly precious and beautiful moment to have someone try to do that with you for me. I mean, that's um, incredible, you know, to have that experience. Yeah. And then from a coaching perspective, if there's a moment where I'm in your shoes and let's say you did something that I didn't understand. And finally, I'm allowing myself to actually get enough curiosity to really understand it. And I'm standing in your shoes and I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense from your experience and from where you were sitting that thing that you did, and this helps us a lot in ruptures, or the thing that you said, or that action, makes so much sense to me. It's like when we are negatively impacted and we're assuming negative intent, you know, it's like bringing real curiosity in those moments is very challenging. (laughs) You know, we had a rupture the other night where it's like neither of us were bringing curiosity (laughs) to each other. I know, and it was fun because it was in front of a, dinner guest and I made the comment that it would have been nice to be recording the podcast during that rupture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I wonder what it's like for you when I do get around to like when we repaired that rupture the other night, which took, you know, until the next on into the next day Mm -hmm. when genuine curiosity came online and, you know, I was able to actually, appreciate and get into your world there. What What is that like for you? 
For me, honestly, it's so profound. It's hard to put words to. It's like getting into the we with you in a way that helps me remember who we are, who I am, who you are. It erases right and wrong for me and my system. Like we, I did something right or I did something wrong. It gives me greater insight to our dynamic or to a learning or to a lesson. And honestly, it feels like I'm innovating something with you in that moment. Like we're innovating a new way of doing things because we're understanding each other at such deeper levels. And there becomes new pathways and new possibilities. And even if they're super minor or super subtle, it's like there's new openings that happen in my system. Thanks for asking. So we would like to talk a little bit about a situation that probably any listener can relate to is a person in your life who maybe doesn't really bring a lot of interest or curiosity to you, but nevertheless, they have an important role to play in your life, whether they're a family member or loved one or best friend or whatever the role that they play. And maybe you'd like to help them get in touch with a deeper curiosity. Do you have any suggestions or advice, Krista, for supporting that process? I think it's tricky or can be tricky. And I think it's totally possible to support people and their curiosity. I find that historically when I've encountered somebody who feels like their questions are coming from a place of this kind of more socialized self who's asking the right quote unquote questions or they have an agenda or they're not super present with their questions. I've actually brought my own curiosity more towards them to understand where they're coming from rather than just answer the question. Have you ever pulled an authentic relating moment to give some genuine impact feedback on a person? Yeah, that's actually a great move. And it typically should probably be a relationship that you know that the other person is willing to engage with. You know, so like <laughs> with you, I think we could do that. Like when you ask the question that way, it has me wonder if there's something that you're wanting to know that you're not bringing forward or... It seems like you want to know how I'm doing, but you seem pretty distracted right now. I just want to check that out. How are you feeling? Or, ooh, when you asked that question, I noticed that I got scared because it's a place where I feel really vulnerable. I'm wondering if we can slow it down a little bit. Or, hey, I really want to connect with you and I want to answer that question. Do you mind if we come down and sit over here for a little bit, grab some tea and snuggle and get in there a little closer with each other? Snuggle with somebody else or with, are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about giving advice to a friend whose partner is maybe struggling with their curiosity. Yes. Okay, got it. <laughs> that wasn't clear. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's how you did, you know, curiosity training with your friends. <laughs> I snuggle with him on the couch. Yeah. You know, or it could be something like, hey, I'm not quite sure exactly what you're asking. Could you clarify a little bit more about what you're wanting to know? You know, I think there's ways that we can get in there a little bit and sculpt the clay for the other person so it can invite them into an even deeper knowing of what they're wanting to ask or what they're wanting to know that could help bring forward more of their internal desire. Mm -hmm. 
So those would be some things I would say. What would you do? I think what this conversation is bringing up, I don't, I don't mean to deflect or avoid the, the answer, but it's bringing up for me that I accept a lower level of curiosity in my life than what I really want in my life mm-hmm. outside of, you know, getting to live with a, a curiosity aficionado over here. Sometimes I'm not always, but yes, thank you. That's sweet. Uh, so I feel inspired to go into my closer friendships, you know, trusted friendships and family relationships and, uh, chip away at this a little more to be mm-hmm. a little more courageous in my relationships and, um, give and receive a deeper level. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's an invitation to you, dear listener, is where do you feel like you could either bring more curiosity, like a really deep, authentic, connected curiosity, or where do you feel like you might really actually need it? And what friendships or partnerships are you willing to maybe even bring the request forward of, hey, listen, there's a, there's a deeper level of contact that I'm wanting to experience with you, and I want to set it up. And here's what it's going to look like. And you and me, Will, what we often do is we'll sit down, we'll even put a timer on, we'll be like, okay, for the next 10 or 15 minutes, let's work this authentic curiosity piece with each other. Or maybe it's just one way. And it really helps to set a timer so that we don't go into Never Never Land and one of us is like, when the heck are we going to get out of this? (laughs) So yeah, bring it forward. Bring it to your partners, bring it to your friends, practice it yourself. It's truly a game changer for relationship. Well, thank you for teaching me about this. And I'm not trying to be overly humble. You know, I've, as I said, I've, you know, providing psychiatric care for many years. The kind that's heavy on the psychotherapy end of it, I thought I was pretty good at curiosity, but I didn't really know there was a whole other level here. So mm-hmm. thank you for bringing that into my life. I'm the luckiest lady in the world to get to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow the show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If the show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the Art of We Podcast.